Welcome to What's Next, Cornet Global's podcast that puts members on the mic for thought-provoking, profession-shaping conversations and commentary. In this episode, T. Dallas Smith, Marcus Thornton, Nick Winbush, and Cedric Matheny from T. Dallas Smith & Company discuss diversity and inclusion in the corporate real estate profession. Also, as winners of our Do the Right Thing video contest, you'll hear how the company became the largest Black-owned commercial real estate firm in the United States. My name is Cedric Matheny, uh, Vice President and Principal for T. Dallas Smith & Company. I have with me the Cornet team. Uh, We have uh, Dallas Smith, Hello. Uh, Nick Wimbush. Hello. And uh, Marcus Thornton. Hello there. So, uh, guys, just briefly, I'm going to go with Dallas first. Kind of tell me who you are and uh, your role at T. Dallas Smith & Company. Yeah. Well, I'm T. Dallas Smith. I'm uh, president and CEO of T. Dallas Smith & Company. And uh, I've been in this business now for 37 years. Love every bit of it. Thank you. Thank you. Nick? Um, my name is Nick Winbush. I'm a tenant rep broker at T. Dallas Smith & Company. <coughs> uh, my name is Marcus Thornton. I've been with the company for three years now, and I am a tenant rep broker, better worded as a commercial real estate advisor. Um, yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you. So, Dallas. Yes, sir. Uh, give me what it is that we do. You know, give us the company overview. I think the, the, the simplest way I would say is we help companies with real estate problems, solve real estate problems. That could be in the form of a new office lease or helping them to renego- renegotiate an existing lease or helping them to get out of a lease. Um, and a lot of different ways that we come in and basically help companies solve their real estate problems. Awesome, awesome. Now, recently we won a, uh, Cornet put a, had a video contest, uh, Spike Lee put it on, it's called Do the Right Thing. And it's kind of highlighting kind of diversity initiatives in the commercial real estate space. If, if we haven't mentioned it, uh, one thing that we you should know is that T. Dot Smith the company is the largest African American owned commercial real estate firm in the country that specializes in tenant representation and corporate real estate services. So we won the video, and it was a really interesting video that we did. We we took kind of uh, Spike Lee's signature. Um, his I guess move. his, his, his film sure. move, yeah, where film you have moves, one person yeah. moving, like gliding on something, and, the, and everybody else is kind of like not paying attention to what that person is doing, because that's the best way to describe it. Uh, you guys can go to Cornet's Do the Right Things uh, website link and, and see our video there. But we won the contest, so we're very excited about that, and we're going to be able to, to uh, meet Spike Lee. I'm pretty excited about, about that. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Looking forward yep. to that. So, so with that being said, uh, I would like to kind of go down the line and just how did you guys get exposed to this thing called commercial real estate and uh, what attracted you to it um, being, you know, a, a person of color? So I'll, I'll start with that question with you, Marcus. Yeah, so I'd say for me personally, I think my exposure to commercial real estate maybe started a little bit earlier. I'm not exactly sure what exact point, but I majored in real estate at the University of Georgia where I attended uh, for undergrad. So I had a good sense as I was accumulating and, uh, you know, credits towards my degree that once the time came for me to move on beyond what I was focused on at the time, which was playing basketball, that I wanted to be in commercial real estate. And I made that a goal really early on at 18. So by the time I actually made it to that point at 24, I had a good idea what needed to be done. I'd shadowed, I'd interned and done things even before I thought that I'd actually be in the workforce. And when the time came for me to jump in, 
Uh, I used the relationships both at University of Georgia where I studied and the ones that were pre-existing uh, from internships and, 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 um, and shadowing exercises. And I just, you know, this is a relationship business. So from relationship to relationship, multiple people pointed me Dallas's way, and here I am. And so awesome. it's been three years now, and I'm awesome. enjoyed every second. Awesome. Well, Nick, same question. Uh, same question. I, I got into commercial real estate uh, kind of in a windy way. I'm sure everybody has their own you know, unique story about how they get into the business. Out of college, uh, I also played basketball in college. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I majored in political science. Uh, obviously, doesn't have a lot to do with real estate. Uh, I graduated, worked in a few different industries before I actually got even, even got into real estate, worked in uh, insurance, worked for the Cleveland Cavaliers for a year. Uh, and then I wound up buying my own investment property in Cleveland. And that kind of was kind of... Uh, uh, introduction into real estate just as a whole because I had really never done anything in real estate before that. From there, I, I began working for a commercial property, a commercial real estate development company in Cleveland. And I was doing property management for uh, shopping centers around the Cleveland area. That kind of exposed me to the commercial side of real estate. Uh, from there, uh, I got into brokerage. Uh, was at Marcus and Millichap in Chicago uh, for almost three years. Uh, and, and from there, I, I came to T. Dallas Smith and Company in Atlanta and switched up my business to tenant rep. So uh, there was a bunch of different reasons why I made the switch, um, but uh, you know, it, it, you know, it made sense for me when I did, and you know, it, it, it continues to be uh, continues to be something that that I want to focus my career on. Perfect, perfect. Thank you. And Dallas, yes, sir. Short version, please. Short version. All I knew was I wanted to make a lot of money. So I took a Forbes magazine in 1982 and studied what the richest 400 people did. And the richest 400 people at that time did one of four things. They were in real estate, investments, oil industry, or technology. And I backed into real estate. And you wanted the short version. That's the short version. <laughs> well, that was a short version, That's a very yes. Short version. But, but, but the next leading question is kind of an extension of that. Right. Uh, you know, one of our primary missions as a company is to expose more minorities and folks that look like us to this industry. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you got to that mission, Dallas. Yes. Uh, and I know that kind of incorporates kind of your history and, and kind of what you've been through in this industry. Yeah. Well, I got into the business in 1982. And in 1982, I couldn't find anybody who looks like me in the business. Um, and so from 1982 to 89, I was with Tommy Tip. 89, I ended up going to Cushman & Wakefield, and at Cushman & Wakefield in 1989 in Atlanta, Georgia, I was the first African-American broker to ever hire. So it was me and 40 other brokers, and that's how I describe it, because it was me on an island by myself. Um, not a very comfortable place to be. Um, not really a reflection on Cushman & Wakefield, but just really about the industry itself. And so I guess somewhere in, my, in the deep, deep, deep down in my heart, I said, man, if I ever had a chance to start a firm, it was not going to look like that. It was, and it was also going to be um, not doggy dog world within their own brokerage firms. That's a whole nother conversation that a lot of these firms compete with each other, the guy right next door to them versus the firm across the street. Uh, I wanted to set up a firm that would be more team oriented, would work together, and uh, and understanding that everybody's got the same card, so we compete with everybody else outside, not internally. So I felt like we were doing that. It's been very organic. Uh, we've yet to recruit. We've never recruited anybody. Uh, it's, we, we rely on one major word, and that word is exposure. 
believing that people who are exposed to it, cream will rise to the top. And that's what we, you know, we've got the best of the best that have come to us that way. And so uh, I'm excited to see y'all, younger folks in the industry, to see more people at a conference like this. Imagine coming to a conference like this and I'm the only one. Right. I, I, yeah. I remember them days. And so for me to just, if I saw a cleaning person of color at the conference, hell, I was glad to see him. So the fact that we've got, I'm, I'm, I'm roughly counting right now at about 25 black folks at this conference out of 3,000. Um, so do the math, six of that came from T. Dial Smith and Company. Uh, should have been an eight here because the other two had to stay behind, but uh, that's a whole other conversation. But the reality of it is um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about what we're seeing. It's slow to come, but it's coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're turning up a degree at a time. So we're just trying to go from freezing at 32 degrees to at least boiling at 212. So, mm-hmm. uh, But, you know, it's just a degree, a degree at a time. Yep, yep. And, and one and one thing that happened during the conference I thought was really cool. I don't know if y'all caught this moment. It's like it was a moment yesterday where it seemed like all the black people in the room congregated in one area. It's kind of like, hey, so I see you, alarm. you see me. Yeah. How you doing? What's your name? Where you from? And, and, and yeah. it got to the point where like all the twenty five black people were all together <laughs> yeah. in this conference, and you saw everybody's eyes look towards this one group yeah. of black. Like, what's, yeah. how do they know each other? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was a very kind of funny moment but it was a good moment that kind of everybody was thinking the same thing because oftentimes uh you know we're, we're very very uh, underrepresented in rooms like that yeah. so you know that being said this the cornet has the do the right thing thing and one question i wanted to ask you dallas uh what do you think uh other companies can do to increase that number and what are some you know give us some kind of uh, uh some bullet points or some things that they should do i know that we have this conversation in our office all the time, yeah. especially in Atlanta with the Atlanta Commercial Board of Realtors. You might want to talk about that a little bit yeah. as well and some of those initiatives and how that can be uh, basically utilized across the country. Yeah, so uh, great question. Uh, so John O'Neill, my partner in crime, he, uh, John runs the um, office, Cushman and Wakefield in Atlanta, uh, reached out to me in 2014 to really get engaged at Atlanta Commercial Board because he was going to be the upcoming president. As a result of that, um, he was very sincere, and uh, I thank God for him. Uh, we really kind of put together four initiatives. I may be missing one, but um, one was, number one, to get Empire a seat at the table. So the Empire Board of Realtors, which is an 80-year-old organization, primarily African-American uh, institution, I wanted to get them a seat on the table, primarily for their commercial council. We were able to do that. Uh, the second, we really put together the mentor-mentee program that works together with um, bringing folks of color into the business, teaming them with other um, senior people. So we're doing that. Uh, we also put together a um, thing called CRE Studio. Once a year, we bring somebody in of um, a diverse background, a diverse story, uh, in front of both the Atlanta Commercial Board and the Empire Board of Realtors that comes together once a year to do that. Most recently, we just had Michael Ford, who is the global head of real estate for uh, Microsoft, which was um, just a phenomenal standing room only event. And then the one that I'm most excited about is that we started the um, CRE Race Awareness Workshop, which is a two-day, uh, all day on a Friday and all day on a Saturday, uh, really mimicking what Leadership Atlanta did for their Race Awareness Day. And I'm really believing that that's going to be a big, big, big game changer. We just had our second class, so we've had more than 72 people go through this. And it's been, the only way I can describe it is it's been uh, life-changing. 
I've seen a couple of people out here to, at the conference who've gone through, who's in our Nargo class as well as last year, and everybody's still talking about it. And ultimately what it really comes to without telling what the real program is, but you're dealing with the issue of race head on. And until you really deal with the issue of race head on, you're just kicking the can down the street. So mm-hmm. if the one thing you ask what can companies do, have the real discussion, have a real and, and create an environment where people of color can be comfortable and have the conversation with others. That, that will go a very, very long way. Mm-hmm. And secondly, just remember people's names. Don't just <laughs> really pay attention to people. I can't tell you how many different people have called me different people because they just relate, relayed. Um, for, for years, Dallas was just a black guy. So if you would have shown up, they would have said, hey, Dallas. If you shown up, hey, Dallas. We all look different, but they would have called you Dallas because right. they wouldn't have taken the time to realize right. that I'm 5'11", not 6'8". <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, uh, so just simple things to get people engaged. I say put the welcome sign out front saying, hey, we want you here. That will go a very long way. Mm-hmm. Very long way. Well, thank you. Thank you. Well, I guess the next – one other question I have is what can Cornette do? I mean, I think that – I think – to do the right thing when I first saw it pop across my, my screen, I said, wow, we got to do this. That's the first thing I said. I said, we got to yeah, do this. I, yeah. said, I said, we're going to win it, hands down. Because <laughs> we, we know the numbers and, you know, who, who better not to win it than yeah, us. Yeah. So, you know, I think that's a step in the right direction. It's, it, to me, yeah, kind of, yeah, I mean, kudos so, to, to Cornette, to Angela Kane. Uh, for that group to really put this together. Yeah. To, again, back to having the conversation because I remember just to have the conversation was taboo. Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't you didn't talk about race. So I'm like, I'm glad it's in the forefront because the reality is the guy spoke earlier today in the session about creativity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if you, if you want to just keep coming up with the same ideas, have everybody look the same way. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if you really want to introduce some real diversity, bring some people in from different backgrounds that don't look like you. Right. And so I think that, um, I mean, I think this is major of what um, Cornette's doing. So. And, and, and from that note, the guy who spoke this morning was from Disney, and he was the head of creativity and innovation. innovation. Uh, what was his name, guys? It escapes me. Ooh. Wardle, right? Wardle. But yeah. one of the things that he said that just stuck out to me, he said uh, diversity is innovation. He said, if someone doesn't look like you, they don't think like you, and they'll help you think different. So when, when he said that, uh, it, just, it just really uh, stood out to me about, you know, diversity, looking at diversity through a different lens of innovation. So, uh, you know, I think that that's one thing that we all can take back and, uh, and help us out with our businesses. Duncan so, Wardell. Duncan Wardell. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Wardell. Thank you. Yeah. And, uh, and thank you so much, Cornette, for putting together this podcast. Yeah. Uh, really appreciate it, giving the time for us to kind of speak on uh, the conference and, and our firm. We really appreciate it. And, I mean, Cornette, keep doing the right thing. Keep doing the right thing, Cornette. Thank you. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Do the right thing. Thank you. <laughs> this concludes this episode of What's Next. Want to record a podcast of your own? Have an idea or point of view you'd like to share? Visit CornetGlobal.org to learn more.